Welcome back once more to this evening's edition of Talking Point with me, Jamil. Now, the second African Symposium on Human Factors and Aviation Safety took place on Monday the 7th to Friday the 11th of September under the theme From Talking to Doing Safety, where aviation heads, academics and other stakeholders further explored how mutual efforts in combining research rigor with operational experience can improve safety performance in the industry. Uh, Joining me now online, Matita Shabalala, Human Factor Specialist at ATNS. And uh, certain many of you can remember in the Western Cape, we ourselves experienced... few months ago, not very long ago, a light aircraft that went down on Tigerberg Hill and the the occupants there were sadly killed. So aviation safety, a big one. Matida, a very good evening and thank you for joining me on The Voice of the Cape Radio. Good evening, sir. Um, Thanks for inviting me. Only our pleasure. Certainly, when I want to start off with the symposium, um, you know, the first question would be why is it so important? But <laughs> having, uh, you know, flown a couple of times, uh, we do know that when it comes to aircraft, and uh, I've just mentioned there, we not too long ago had a tragedy in the Western Cape where a light aircraft went down, and I think five. Uh, um, that were on board, they were tragically killed. But the symposium, I believe it, um, it speaks for itself when I say it must have been very, very important. It is indeed uh, uh, very important, as, as you are, you've alluded to the fact that uh, safety is one of the critical um, matters, especially in aviation, um, not only aviation, but more so in aviation. And we've, we've had this um, for the second time, as you said, the first one we had in last year in 2014. So the, the, the whole idea about this is to bring the academies and, and, and the operations um, people together to come and discuss uh, the safety-related matters. For example, you'll find that um, the, academic, the academic staff will do the research and sort of do researches that won't be necessarily <clears throat> be applicable in the operations. And operational staff will be doing things and not be aware of what has been researched uh, from the academy um, side. And we thought we should bring these two together so that we can share the, the learning, the experiences, so that we can sort of um, um, put the safety of our flying community uh, first. If, if, I, if, if I look at the symposium, um, those that attended, were it um, mostly South Africans or was it, uh, you know, people from globally that attended? Yeah, because I also bear in mind that we've had a couple of aircrafts and I'm talking passenger lines that uh, um, across the globe went down with tragic consequences. So the symposium itself? Yes, we, we had uh, South Africans. Um, as the name said, as an African, as, uh, we're trying to piece that as an African. And we had African um, um, uh, attendees as well, and international um, speakers. For example, we had one of the renowned uh, professors, I'm sure a lot of people will know him, um, from um, uh, Resilience Engineering, that is um, Professor Eric Holnacher, who is based in, in, in Denmark. So he came, he actually did um, a keynote speak. Um, on the symposium. So the idea here is to also bring the international um, know-how 
um, in terms of uh, how your call has been placed on hold. Please uh, wait. Okay, uh, we seem to have. <laughs> okay, we've got an interference there. The guest, we've just lost him online. But Rashad Jacobs on that side will try and get him back again. My guest online, uh, that was online with me, Matita Shabalala, is a human factor specialist with ATNS. We're speaking here the symposium that was held on aviation safety, and certainly when we look at it, you, you know, when we look at aviation. Um, one of the safest ways to travel it's often been claimed because I myself live very close to the Cape Town International uh, Airport and fully aware of uh, even with um, the most ardent weather that we've got you see these huge passenger lines coming in and safely landing so the modern technology certainly has played a major role but we've had um, tragedies globally in other countries and as i said we've had one year recently uh, matita i believe you're back with us yes yes, yes i'm back i'm sorry um <laughs> it just went quiet i don't know what happened what happened we had um uh, international speakers as well um uh, prof Nachel from uh, denmark and we had uh, prof uh, uh, catherine Pence from from um uh, what's this place i can't remember now and then we had also a lady from Kenya who, who were the keynote speakers. Um, so we had sort of uh, a diverse of views from international speakers. Well, certainly. Now, now, what were some of the contributory factors to aviation crashes? Uh, that's human factor or technical problems. Uh, elaborate a little bit on that. Give us some understanding. Um, I'm sure it's, it's a well-known fact uh, that... Um, uh, 70 to 80 percent of the accident or incidents are attributable to to human factors. Um, but when you <clears throat> dig deep, actually, when you look at at, at, at the uh, accidents or you dig deep into that, you'll find that although is the operators or the humans that actually um, did the event or accident, but you find that there are also behind the scenes things that happened. Um, that is the systemic failures that happened behind the scenes that contributed to the humans eventually um, sort of uh, contributing to the accident because they are the ones in the front line. So when something goes wrong, they're actually the first people that we, we sort of look at and say, hey, you did not do ABC, of which uh, most of the time it may be correct. But when you pick deep, you find that there are systemic uh, failures uh, within um, organizations that actually contributed to the human actually doing um, uh, what uh, did. But it also, uh, well, it was about two years ago on a flight from Cape Town to Johannesburg, and um, we went through some turbulent weather, and, um, well, the first time I experienced either, uh, they call it a lightning bolt or a lightning flash, hit the side of the plane, <laughs> I got the fright yeah. of my life, and everybody went, uh, you know, silent in the plane until the uh, yeah. crew made an announcement and saying, there's nothing to worry about what happened there. So safety, I mean, if, if I look at it, the technology that is used today, um, but I'm certain that uh, a lot also focuses on those who man these aircraft, the staff themselves, and I'm certain they must be going through a very grueling tests. Yes, yes, they do. As, 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 because myself, I'm from the air traffic control side, but also in the, the airline side, that is the pilot side. 
um, the, the selection process is actually very rigorous. So that is why when you read um, the newspapers that there's shortage of, of controllers, there's shortage of, of pilots, because not everybody can, can be that. So that's one thing that um, as an as a aviation community we don't compromise on. So make sure that the individual who sits and, and flies the aeroplane is somebody who has got the capability, uh, the, the personality and the ability to do that. Also from the air traffic control side of things. Um, for example, from the air traffic control side, uh, one person may be talking to uh, five or six or seven aeroplanes yeah, at the same time. Mm. And you know, um, the stress that goes with that. So you need somebody who will be able to withstand that type of, of pressure. Somebody will be able to remember that I've spoken to this panel, I've given that individual a particular uh, flight level, and remember at the same time that that one may conflict with the other one, and how do they come together, and also at the same time plan, while also talking to um, uh, colleagues on, the, on another sector to sort of plan in terms of this person is coming to you and just make sure that he's got the right level and all those things they, they all come uh, together so we need to be from that point of view we do not compromise when it comes to the selection process beautiful uh, Matita just explain to us give us a little bit of a detail because we've often as lay people uh, when you do have these aviation disasters and I remembered uh, there was one that I can't get to the country was it Malaysia and, and there was the search for a black box um, how, how reliable is the black box in cap- capturing information and how important is it that it reads to me uh, that uh, it needs to be recovered um, the black box basically in, in, in the language that uh, everybody can can understand is actually like a, a tape recorder, if I can use the layman's term. <clears throat> so when in the cockpit, um, the, the, whatever happens uh, when they talk, the pilots, uh, whatever they do is being recorded. The same goes with air traffic controllers as, as well. There are, there are communication between the two. The communication is... It, it, uh, sort of recorded. So <clears throat> the importance of that is if an accident or an incident happens, we should be able to um, go back and listen to what is being said and how it's been said and how it's been interpreted so that if um, we realize that there's a gap in between there, then everybody can learn from that. Um, so there's investigations um, all the time from the pilots and air traffic control side of things, even when there's a minor sort of an incident, something that most of the com- of, of, of the uh, the community may not be aware of, things that we always uh, investigate, a minor thing that does not contribute to a major thing, but we also investigate and those tapes have been used to sort of um, teach every member uh, or an operator that is a pilot or a controller in terms of, um, let's learn from this. You see, this is how we did that. We're not supposed to have done that. We, we're supposed to do it this way so that we learn from those things. So the black box is actually important in that, in that, in that instance so that we, we capture the, um, the, the, the workings of, of the operators. 
Mm. But it also when it comes to staff, I'm assuming that their uh, training must be very, very intensive. And I'm assuming maybe you can just take us through that. Um, that uh, it's not only physical, but mentally, um, my mind would tell me, um, share with us the sort of training that they, particularly the pilots that they go through. Okay, I'll talk um, from the air traffic control side uh, because I'm more closer to that. Okay. Um, for, for example, we will get uh, students in. Um, we we have our own academy in Bonaro Park, just behind the Oartambo International Airport. Um, and then the first three to four months is purely uh, theory, where we expose them to what is um, an aircraft how does an aircraft fly so those basics air traffic controllers must understand then we teach them about the meteorology about the weather and what to look for so that the pilots when they're flying they ask the guys um, how does the weather look so the, the air traffic controller needs to be able to to interpret that for the for the pilot so those are some of the courses that they go through and then thereafter um they will go and and, and do an exposure at um, any particular uh, unit around the the, the, the the country. So we have 22, 22 units around the country. So we post them there just for an exposure for approximately uh, three months as well. And then after that, they come back. So the exposure there, they just go there and familiarize themselves with what they've actually been taught at the academy. And then they will come back again at the academy and they will do another sort of um, uh, first level of uh, being able to talk to uh, to pilots, but not actually talking to the pilots. That is uh, what we call air traffic service um, officers. So these guys, they assist um, air traffic controllers when they're doing their actual air traffic control um, duties. So they will do uh, simulation exercises um, for approximately three, three, three months, as I said. And then thereafter, they will be posted to different units again for um, one year, 18 months, up to two years now. Wow. They'll be actually working with air traffic controllers. And then only thereafter, they'll be sent again to the academy to be trained as actual air traffic controllers for four months as well. Then thereafter, they, and then they, when they are certified, they become air traffic controllers. The one important thing is that um, at any point in between there, if the person is not successful, irrespective of the amount of money that we've um, uh, injected in training the individual. If the individual is not successful, we exit them from the system. So that's how strict um, we are. Well, my guest online with me, Matita Chabalala, he is the Human Factor Specialist at ATNS. I, I do want to say to our listeners, uh, Matita, okay. although we're speaking here about you know training and the symposium that was held, I do believe that um, aviation travel, one of the safest modes of travel globally. It is, it is indeed. And what we've done this year, we actually invited the medical uh, fraternity as well. If you can see on the on our program that we had on on a Wednesday, um, that was on the 9th of, of of September, we we had dedicated I think the morning of of the symposium just for for the medical fraternity to also come and present in terms of how did they go about doing their safety and also learn from what we're doing in aviation. And as as you've just alluded to the fact that aviation is one of the safest modes of of of, of transport. 
Mm. I often know, I, I personally live very, very close to Cape Town International, and okay. bec- I become familiar <laughs> with the flight, the flight routes, and you know, if there's a change in wind direction, weather, and, and how things change. Uh, but sometimes I do find um, planes going off the route, but I know for a fact they've been instructed by the ground control uh, crew, and, and hence this is why it happens up there. Here is a question that comes through, Matita, and it yeah. says the uh, listener asking, how often is pilots' um, uh, mental fitness screened and evaluated? And was there an increase in psychological test after the German? Oh, that's the investigation into the crash of the German Wings Flight 9525. And actually named the co-pilot. Uh, the co-pilot was Andreas Lubitsis. That, that saga there, yes. And I think if I remember correctly, it flew the plane into a mountain. The testing, especially when it comes to mental fitness, um, how important is that and how often does that get done? Um, actually, on, on a Friday morning, that is the last day of the symposium, uh, we dedicated uh, that morning discussing basically that, that is the, the mental health. Um, we said the ensuring psychological health in aviation, we had a round table discussion about that. So what happens in, in aviation is that uh, um, every year or every second year, um, there's medical tests. For both uh, controllers and and and, uh, and 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 the pilots, so they go through medical tests and they have to pass that medical test. Um, so that's what they go through. Okay, so and then I'm assuming it's it's quite extensive. Yes. Okay, so, and uh, again, I, I want to emphasize this, that when it comes to aviation uh, um, uh, traveling mode, it's it's one of the safest in in the world globally. It's, 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 well, South Africa, I'm certain that we are linked globally with all other aviation specialists across the globe. How do we fear? We, we are up there, yeah? Uh, we are up there. Um, so sometimes as, as South Africans, we tend to be hard on ourselves until we, we get to know what is happening out there. In actual fact, uh, one, one of the speakers there at the symposium um, normally flies uh, to different countries, of which I'm not going to name that. Um, and then he said, guys, we, we, as South Africans, we are up there. I mean, the challenge is that they face when they go and fly into that, uh, those airspaces. Uh, they feel actually safer when they're here in South Africa. We, we are one of the best uh, when it comes to airspace safety. In fact, uh, as South Africa, we, from the air traffic control side, we train most of the uh, African air traffic controllers. So they come down here to academy. And then we come in and, and, and train them in terms of air traffic control. Um, even <clears throat> the international pilots, they sort of feel safer when they get into the South African um, airspace. We 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 up there. We up there. If not um, one of the top five, um, I'm, I'm sure we or top top three or so. But did I know that um, with our new constitutional democracy that we've gone into, um, there are now those who go for aviation who it was denied to before. Um, Are are we getting the numbers right? (laughs) 
we we get in there. It's it, it's slow, um, as you know, as with any other uh, sector of the economy. We we we, <clears throat> we are also uh, sort of um, um, not say struggling, but we are uh, slowly um, getting there. Remember also, uh, in aviation, you cannot just take anybody. So we make sure that we get the right people. But when it comes to transformation, we are we are really trying to. Get the numbers right. Yeah, no, I know it's going to be the denial that was there all the years. It's going to take a little while for us to to overcome that. While we're on the topic here, you know, for, for any young person sitting and listening to us, because that's always been the dream of a young boy, and I'm assuming even a young girl. Yes. I want to be a pilot. Uh, studying, <laughs> studying, and, and, and if if that's your intention, you know. What are you looking for when it comes to what um, anybody that applies should have studied? Okay. Um, from the air traffic control side, we're looking specifically for people who studied mathematics. Oh, yes. Uh, and then also um, English. Well, well, the, the other subjects may help, like geography, just to understand the, um, the airspace and all that. But we're specifically looking for mathematics and English. Uh, purely uh, with English, I mean, we are an international, uh, global, so there's a lot of uh, people coming to fly to South Africa, so that's quite important. And then mathematics as well, as you know, you need to be able to um, to calculate. For example, if I may tell you, uh, before this technology, <clears throat> controllers used to calculate uh, physically, sort of calculate um, the aeroplane from Darren Johannesburg and the one from Cape Town to Johannesburg, at what point are they going to meet? They used to do that calculating. But now we have this technology, they can just uh, use the technology. But what happens if that system sort of um, uh, fails? I'm not saying it fails, but for uh, for heaven's sake, if that happens. So we should be able to, to do that. So that's what we're looking for. And the pilot side as well is, is the same thing. You need mathematics. Um, and then also um, English as well. I want to be a pilot. But then I've got to ask you this question. Having seen a movie some time ago and it dealt with, uh, you know, aviation, aircraft, and the term bandied about was stacking the aircraft. <laughs> and I'm assuming that only happened in America. What do they mean by stacking them? Okay, Do they have to fly at, um, you know, greater heights than those below them? Say again, you say st- stacking. Stacking, you know, stack them on top of each other. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's only in the movies. Uh, so, so, what, 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 but <laughs> in practical terms, what happens is you, you'll find aeroplanes all over the place, um, but there are certain uh, separation standards that we apply from the air traffic control side of things. Um, that um, we train our guys to to to, to apply, as, as much as they are on top of each other, but they are not um, anywhere close to each other. So we make sure of that. So that's basically what what it means. So we'll have somebody, for example, um, flying at a, a particular level, and another one just below mm. them, and then we have another one, the third one below. So, but we make sure that they are uh, they are all separated. 
appropriately. I think you've just highlighted for us the importance of the air traffic controllers there. And the very last question, um, let's say for some reason or the other, uh, the aircraft is not allowed to land, or anything, but there could be anything on the runway, something has happened. Um, I know that the air traffic controllers would be in control with them. They would guide them on um, what happens there. Uh, you mean if it's experiencing an emergency? Uh, no, no, yeah, he comes into land, but all of a sudden uh, there is something wrong um, the at the airport or, or the, there's something mm. has happened on the, on the runway there and the air traffic okay. controller now tells him, look, you've got to take another spin around quickly. Okay. Uh, and I know they stay in touch with each other, but, <laughs> you know, what's the conversation <laughs> like? <laughs> yeah, well, there's options depending on... On, on what is preventing the aeroplane to land. For example, if it's a temporary matter that uh, uh, can be um, resolved uh, quicker, um, the, the aeroplane may be sent around to go around and then come mm-hmm. back and, and be able to land. Okay. If that's not the case, let's say um, there's another aircraft on the runway is not moving, and that's the only runway we have. So obviously that particular aeroplane will now have to divert. That's the language you use. They'll have to divert and land at another uh, airport where it can be able to, to, to land. In okay. actual fact, when the pilots uh, file what you call a flight plan, so before they, they, they fly, they're going to do an aeroplane, they file what you call flight plan with us as air traffic controllers. In there, they, they, they uh, stipulate the level that they're going to be flying at, the aeroplane, the, the aerodrome or the airport where they're going to land, and, and a relative um, um, uh, airport where they're going to land. So if the airport where they cannot land, they go to an alternative that they have on that flight plan. So it's actually been catered for even before they get off of the ground. Okay, Matita, I'm going to have to leave it on that note. It's been an absolute okay. sp- pleasure chatting to you. And I think uh, we've just highlighted again that aviation, you know, flying in an aircraft is one of the safest modes of transport. Thanks for your time with us this evening. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank Thanks. You bye-bye. That's Matita okay. Shabalala, the Human Factor Specialist at ATNS.